Okay. Good evening, everybody. Uh, tonight, we're going to learn a little bit more about the malacha of plowing, of choresh. And we're going to see how this malacha has a lot of ramifications to many other halachas. The halacha is like this. You're not allowed to drag a very heavy table or very heavy chair across an earthen floor, across the earth, because it may cause there to be a chritz, may cause there to be a little a line in the earth, and that will make it possible to uh, plant seeds, and it is the malacha of chayrish. That's if you're pulling the, uh, the bench, or pulling the uh, table, pulling the chair, uh, on, on a ground that is usually, um, it's ground that you plant seeds in. What if you are pulling the, uh, the, uh, the table on a, in a courtyard where no one's planting seeds? So then the prohibition that's being transgressed isn't uh, plowing because not planting seeds there, but the prohibition that's being done is called bain. It's part of building. You're, if you pull the bench on the, on the earthen floor of the courtyard, Allah considers this as, as building. Now, you're pulling a bench and you have no interest in this happening. You're just trying to pull the bench because you want the table to be moved to one side of the courtyard to the other. So why are we saying that you're interested in plowing or interested in, in, in building? So the Altareb addresses this and he says that although you have no interest in doing this, but still, since there's something that is definitely going to be caused as a result of what you're doing, so it's forbidden rabbinically. Although it's what's called you're doing a work which you have no need for what you're doing. And it's also you're not doing this directly. It's happening indirectly. You just want to pull the bench. And the fact that a, a, a little line is made in the soil isn't, isn't uh, it's happening automatically. And mechalkel, and even more, you're ruining the soil. So it's all these reasons why you would think that you shouldn't be liable. And, and the truth is that uh, biblically, there is, no, um, there is no biblical prohibition of, of pulling the bench across the soil. However, the Alter Rebbe says, although there's no, there's no biblical prohibition, but there is a rabbinical prohibition. Why is there a rabbinical prohibition? Because, as he says in the Simon Shin Lamed Zayin, kol dover she'ein mutter, Anything which is done without your intent is okay. I feel actually even if you don't need it, providing that it's you may not cause something to happen. So if it's a smaller chair uh, that won't necessarily cause it to be a line in the earth, then it's okay. But he says if it's also but very big tables are forbidden to be dragged across the soil. And it's going to for sure make a little line of the soil. Sorry about that. It's what's called psikresha. As we went in the last class, psikresha means that if something definitely is going to happen, even though you have no intent at all for it to happen, still halacha says that it's forbidden because you are definitely going to cause something to happen. But if it's not for sure, then it is okay. Uh, there is a... Uh, 
a clear place in the Alter Rebbe Shulchanarach where he says that there's a difference between dragging the, the, the uh, bench on the floor in a courtyard versus dragging the bench in a place where you plan things has halachic uh, def- ramifications. He says, there used to be, uh, people didn't used to have tissues. So when they used to go out and they didn't have bathrooms, they used to go out into an outhouse in, in, in the field and they would use stones to clean themselves. So the halacha is, you're not allowed to clean yourself. You're not allowed to go to the bathroom and, and uh, in a plowed field, why not? Because perhaps, perhaps you may need to use stones and you're going to throw those stones in a hole and that will be, that will be transgressing the prohibition of chodesh of plowing. That's if you're throwing it in a plowed field where you plant. However, the altar says in Simon uh, Shin Yud Gimel, if you flatten the earth in, the, in your house or in a courtyard, as long as you flatten something out, you're chayef. So this doesn't seem to be so relevant, but there is a halacha which seems to bring this home in a way that seems to be very hard to uh, protect yourself from, from violating Shabbos. It says in Simon uh, Shin, Shin Lamed Zayin, um, Siv base, he says that there's a problem of dragging the bench even in a inside your house. Why? Just because your house has stones covering the floor, but there's a decree that the sages made that you cannot drag a bench inside your home because you may end up dragging a bench in a place where there are where there's an earthen floor. Now, who doesn't pull a bench on Shabbos inside? Inside, everyone pulls chairs and benches inside a home. How come the altar says that it's forbidden? Everyone's doing this. So the answer is, as many achronim say, and as the Mishnah Brura says, that although in general the rule is that whenever our sages made a decree the decree stays despite the fact that the reasoning for the decree has st- long stopped uh, being relevant. But this decree isn't relevant anymore. And the reason is because it's impossible to um, have the same scenario that was discussed in the Code of Jewish Law. Why? Because it used to be when people would build a home, what was a home? A home was four walls and a roof. You didn't make a floor. But now there's no such thing as a home without a floor. Since there's no such thing as a home without a floor, so therefore there's no, there's no prohibition of dragging a bench across a floor inside a home because there's no such thing in, inside a home as, as having a home without a floor. And therefore, the Achreinim, uh, later codifiers of Halacha, say that this decree in Shulchan Aruch doesn't apply nowadays. And the same thing you would think would apply also to the other decrees that it says in Shulchan Aruch. For example, that's Shulchan Aruch, you're not allowed to sweep the floor on Shabbos. You can't sweep the floor. Why? Because if you're sweeping an earthen floor, what happens? You, if you sweep an earthen floor, let's say there's a little hole in the floor. Let's say the, the, the earthen floor has a little bit of a ditch. So you by pouring, by sweeping the dust, you're going to end up filling that hole with earth. So therefore it's forbidden to sweep. 
Now, who doesn't sweep on Shabbos? Everyone sweeps on Shabbos. It is true you're not supposed to sweep with, with a, a broom with, has, which has hard bris, bristles because the hard bristles, it's likely that they may break on Shabbos. And it's also true that uh, some Akhrenim say you shouldn't use a, one of those, um, I don't know what it's called, but they have these, it's, it's like a vacuum. You put, you, you put it over, over, uh, over um, um, it's a, a, ro a rolling brush that's used on a carpet, even though it's not electric, but since it's uvdun dechel, since it's similar to what's done during the weekday, so Akhrenim say you shouldn't use that on Shabbos. But who doesn't sweep on Shabbos? Everyone sweeps on Shabbos. So how come it says, no, you can't sweep even indoors. So again, the Achrenim say that this decree isn't relevant nowadays. And it seems the same would apply also to a third decree the sages made. The sages made, the sages said that in addition to the biblical uh, prohibition, biblical prohibition is you're not allowed to plow on Shabbos because since in order to produce the spices that were used to dye the curtains in the Mishkan, they had to plow the soil. So therefore it's uh, forbidden for us to do anything that was done in the Mishkan. We're also not, not allowed to plow on Shabbos as well. So in addition to plowing, it's also biblically forbidden to remove stones from the earth to allow uh, things to grow. It's forbidden to water the earth. It's also forbidden, to discuss last time, it's also forbidden to uh, put fertilizer on the earth. And that, that's all biblically forbidden. One of the rabbinical prohibitions that was added that our sages made, I like the word rabbinical prohibitions because, or the sages prohibitions, talking about divine inspiration. One of the things that was given to our sages by divine inspiration was that it's forbidden to play with nuts on the floor on Shabbos. Because if you play with nuts on the floor, what's gonna happen? You know, just like we, you know, in, in more modern times, people have played with marbles and today other games are played on the floor with, you know, with, with uh, maybe toy, toy race cars or whatever it is. If you play with these things on Shabbos on the earthen floor, you're going to end up flattening something out. So it seems again that this decree shouldn't apply nowadays because we don't have earthen floors in our house. It would apply outside. And the same as all the other decrees, you wouldn't be allowed to, to uh, drag a floor across in your courtyard even on a, on a stone floor on, in your courtyard because there are earthen floors in your courtyard. You wouldn't be allowed to sweep in your courtyard because there are earthen floors in your courtyard because the floor you're on now is stone. But it would seem it's okay to drag a bench and to sweep with a broom which has soft bristles and to play marbles in, on a, in a floor inside your home. There are those that say that you're not allowed to. They say that even nowadays you shouldn't play marbles on the floor unless you have a mat or a carpet but on a flat surface of the floor, of a tile floor, there are those that say it's forbidden, but there are those who say that it's okay because again, this decree isn't relevant according to they maintain because we don't have this kind of scenario where you might have an earthen floor. There are no earthen floors. Outside is a different halacha. Outside there are earthen floors and therefore it doesn't matter if it's an earthen floor or if it's a stone floor, the halacha does apply. That's what many maintain. The question like this, this question is, is very pertinent nowadays, also, as we shall hopefully see a little later on. The question is like this. What did we say before? Why is it forbidden to drag the bench across the floor? Forbidden to drag the bench across the floor because it's definitely going to cause a, a little line. What if it wasn't definite? Then it's okay. So if it's not definite, it's okay. But in regarding the halacha, of sweeping the floor, 
It's not definite when you sweep a floor that it's going to, going to cause earth to go into a hole. So how come our sages said that it's forbidden to sweep a floor? Why don't we say, why don't we apply the rule, whatever you have no intent to do, as long as it's not for sure going to happen, it's okay. When you sweep the floor, it's not necessarily what cause, we're talking about getting back to the earthen floors. In an earthen floor, why is it a problem to sweep the earthen floor because you might end up uh, filling up a hole or flattening up a, a, a little mound? Then you might not. And the rule is that, that it's, if it's not for sure, it's okay. Whatever you have no intent is okay. So the answer, the, the, this question was actually asked by the Rivosh and the Kesev Mishnah on the Rambam. And the Alter Rebbe addresses this question as well. And we're going to see how there are a few opinions. It's very, very deep, but uh, we'll, it just, just go slowly over it. And we'll, we'll, we'll to get it. It's not going to be too complicated. Um, there, the Alter Rebbe addresses a similar question. It says in uh, Shochan Aruch, in Simen, uh, in Simen Shin Ayin Zayin, Reish Ayin Zayin. So Reish Ayin Zayin, Alter Rebbe says, Ne'er doilik, if you have a lit candle, which is placed next to a door, directly, literally next to the opening the door, in a way that the, the candle will go out if a wind blows, you're not allowed to open the door next to this candle. Why? Because maybe the wind will cause the candle to go out. But and although you have no intent to do this, since if you since if the wind blows, the candle will go out. Therefore, it's forbidden to open the door. Now, this isn't definite. It's not definite. When you go to open the door on Shabbos and the wind isn't blowing, it's not definite that you open the door and the candle go out. But it's still forbidden to open the door. Why is it forbidden to open the door? Because a wind might blow. What does that mean? It's called Sophic Psikresha. Sophic Psikresha means that it might be definite. When is it definite, it's not definite. Well, if a wind blows, this a regular wind will blow, not an unusual, if a regular wind will blow, you open the door, the candle will for sure go out. It happens to be right now where there's no wind blowing, but it's possible a wind would blow. And since it's possible that a wind would blow, it's called suffix psikresha. There's a doubt that something could for sure happen. You don't know when you're opening the door what may transpire in a moment. And therefore, the author says, you're not allowed to open the door. It's called suffix psikresha, a doubt of something definite. Now, this isn't the opinion of everybody. There are differences of opinion about suffix psikresha. Where do we have an argument about this? We have an argument about this in Shulchan Aruch, in Simen Shintazayin. Shintazayin talks about a following scenario. Let's say you have a chong pot. And the chong pot is, everyone uh, fi finishes eating at one o'clock and they put it in the kitchen and they leave the, the pot opened and then some flies come into the chong pot. 
So now you want to cover the chalm pot. So Allah is on Shabbos, one of the Allah is on Shabbos is, is you're now allowed to trap. So you're now allowed to put the cover of the chalm pot on the chalm pot because you're going to trap the flies inside. What if you don't know if there are flies inside? So the Alter Rebbe says that you can't cover the uh, chalm pot uh, if, if there are flies inside. Others argue. Others say it doesn't matter if, if you cover the chalm pot and the flies are inside because the prohibition is to trap an animal or to trap an insect. But here, when you cover the chalm pot and you trap your flies, you don't really have, you haven't trapped them. But as soon as you open up the, the cover, the flies will fly away. So it's not really called trapping. But the Altarebbe isn't satisfied with this being okay. The Altarebbe says still, what you should do is if there's a fly in the chalupat, you could cover it, but make sure there's a spoon or something that's also there so it doesn't cover the pot completely so that the flies aren't completely trapped. That's what the says. There are opinions which say that it's okay. Why is it okay? Because maybe there aren't flies in the chalupat. So who says there are, if there are for sure flies in the chalupat, so the Altareb, so, so getting back to what we said earlier um, about psikresha, we learned in the last class as an argument between the Orach and Teisvis about psikresha, which means if something for sure will happen, you don't want it to happen. So the Orach says it's okay. We don't paskin like that. We paskin that even though you don't want it to happen, it's forbidden. You don't, you don't want any flies. But so therefore the Altareb says you cannot put the lid of the chomp on the, on the pot because... You even you don't want the flies, you're trapping the flies. And we don't rely on the opinion which says that's not called trapping. So what should you do? You should put a, a spoon there so it shouldn't fully trap it. The Taz, however, he says it's okay. Why is it okay, says the Taz? The Taz says because who says there are flies in the Chalmpa? You don't know if there's flies. So the Altarebbe says, he paskins, Altarebbe rules, not exactly like the Taz, he says something similar. He says, you don't have to check if there are flies. You don't have to look if there are flies. Because of the two reasons we have to be lenient. Reason number one, because it's not called trapping anyways, because you haven't trapped the flies, because they could, they're going to run away as soon as you open. And reason number two, because maybe there aren't flies. So because of both reasons, the Altarbe rules leniently. The Taz is more lenient. The Taz says that as long as you have just a reason that there might not be flies in the chalupat, even if there are flies, you're for sure trapping them, the Taz says it's still okay. In other words, the Taz says, Sophic psikoresha is mutter. If there's a doubt that something definite will happen, the Taz says it's okay. If as long as it's for sure not going to happen, it's, it's okay. But the Altarib doesn't rely on that, and he says you have to have an additional a leniency, additional reason to be lenient, and that is the fact that you're not, you're not catching anything. So getting back over here to the uh, door, so the altar of it says that according to the opinion which holds that suffix psikoresha is usur, that even if there's a doubt, if you might be doing something, it's forbidden, not according to the Taz. It makes sense why you can't open the window next to the candle. But how does the Taz explain why you're not allowed to open the window next to the candle. You don't know if wind's gonna blow. How come the Taz says by the Cholmpat that you're allowed to close the Cholmpat because maybe you will not, um, maybe there's no um, um, flies in the Cholmpat, therefore you're allowed to do it. 
but maybe no wind is blowing either. And if Taz maintains that the halacha is, you're not allowed to close the shomba. So Atabah says like this. The issue over here, Atabah says this in Kunshas Achron, in Simon Reisha and Zion, Sifkat and Aleph, the Atabah says that there's something over here that is unique. It's not uh, so clear from the language of the Alta to me that this is the uh, meaning, but this is the way many have, have explained it. What the Alta is saying is that if you start opening the window and then the wind starts to blow, it's unlikely that you will have the wherewithal and the senses around yourself to say, I shouldn't keep the, opening the window because the wind, the, the wind is going to blow and it's going to blow out the candle. Once you start opening, even though the wind starts to blow, you may continue opening. And getting back to our question about, about sweeping in the house, if you start sweeping and you happen to notice that there's a hole and you happen to notice that you're going to sweep the, 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 the sand, the dirt into the hole, as you're in the process of sweeping, it doesn't, it's, it's unlikely you're going to stop. So, so there's, that's why even the Taz would agree that that's forbidden. Now, we don't hold like the Taz. The reason we don't hold like the Taz, why do we hold like the Taz? What's, what's the reason for the argument who holds, the opinion which holds, that even a Suffolk psikoresha is also, a doubt that something definite may happen is forbidden? What's the reason? The Altabit says the rule in general is, Suffolk, there is fake, there is if there's a doubt that something may be biblically forbidden, then it's, then it's forbidden. So since psikoresha is biblically forbidden, since if something for sure is going to happen, if it's a real malacha, like turning, like causing a candle to be put out, since it's sefeka it's, deraisa, it's, or the analogy of, of, the, um, of, the, uh, of the candle, it's probably not biblically forbidden because you don't intend to put out the candle. But in the... But since, in general, sveka deraisa so therefore, just because something is a psikoresha, just because... It's, a, it's something that's a suffix, suffix l'chumra. If it's a doubt, we still, we still are, are, are strict. So all of this brings us to many questions that we have nowadays in, in modern times uh, about many things which are a doubt that something may happen. Let's talk about a refrigerator. You have a refrigerator and the uh, famous Kabbalist from Montreal, Rabbi Greenglass, wrote a sefer, which the Rebbe edited, uh, about halachas and mahagam of Chabad. And he mentions in the Sefer that people who are strict on Shabbos do not open a refrigerator unless the motor is on. Why not? Because they're afraid that if you open the refrigerator when the motor is off, the, the wind that goes in the refrigerator or the heat, I'm sorry, will go in, goes in the refrigerator will cause the, uh, the engine of the refrigerator to turn on. So it comes out when you open the refrigerator, you cause it to go on. Now, we learned in the last class about how it's only considered like your energy by the very first thing that you do. That's why the law is, for example, when you wash your hands, let's say you don't have a, you don't have a kvart, you don't have a cup to wash your hands. So Alta writes in Simon Kufnun Tess that if you don't have a cup, what do you do? If you open the faucet, so the very first uh, gust of, of water that comes out of the faucet is considered like your energy because you cause that first flow of water to come out. So although the halach is when you wash your hands for bread and you wash your hands in the morning, you have to with your own power. But if you 
if you open it up the faucet and you put your hand there for a second, that's considered your power. What you need to do is to open the faucet up, close it, open it up again, because we wash six times. You have to open and close it six times if you have no cup. So in a similar way, it would seem that regarding the laws of Shabbos, if you open the fridge and just your initial open the fridge doesn't cause the motor to turn on, and although eventually it's there, it's open for a long time, the air goes in and, and it causes the motor to go on, that's not an issue because your initial opening the fridge isn't causing it to turn on. The problem though is you don't know when you open the fridge how much air, how much heat would be needed for the fridge to turn on. And therefore it would seem it's a suffix psychodasia. It's a doubt, maybe you're causing something definite to happen, maybe you're causing the fridge to turn on. And we look at the Quantal Rebbe, suffix psychodasia is also. If it's a, there's a doubt that something definite may happen, it's forbidden. Therefore, therefore, every green glass says, and that's why people always did this, they didn't open up a refrigerator when the motor was off. But many people are, are um, uh, lenient about this nowadays. The reason they're lenient about this nowadays is because there are thermostats on our homes, heaters and air conditioners, and it's almost impossible to be careful about this nowadays because every time you open the door of your home, the air conditioner is off, you open the door of your home, it's on a thermostat, it's gonna cause the air conditioner to go on. It's a, it's also suffix So should the halacha be, you get to go into your home because you may, may cause the air conditioner to turn on or the heater to turn off. So, so many say that, that it's hard to be careful about this and therefore they maintain that uh, it's it's not something that we could keep, and there we could. And since Alter Rebbe says that there are different opinions, and since it's a very difficult situation, so therefore we can follow the more lean opinion, which says that Safikpsikresha, a doubt whether something definite will happen, is mutter is permissible, and therefore would be allowed for you to open up the um, door of your home and open up the refrigerator door. That's what many maintain, but it's not really um, impossible to be careful about this. You could put on your, your thermostat to a, certain, um, to a certain temperature the whole Shabbos and, it, 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 and you could keep it on auto mode so that it's, so that it's, it's uh, not affected by the door. There are things you could do, but that's what many maintain. They say that's okay, it, 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 that there's not reason to be as strict today as um, there used to be. Um, of course, with an oven, second you open up an oven, it's going to turn on. It's not even a suck, not even a doubt. Uh, so that there's, there's no reason to be lenient at all regarding an oven, but even regarding a, a uh, fridge, um, it seems the best thing is to wait till the motor of the of your fridge turns on so that you don't um, cause the motor of the fridge to turn on. And this is something that the Rebbe um, acknowledged in this... Uh, in the safe of a green glass that he, that the Rebbe edited, that there are, they didn't say it's forbidden, they said there are those who are stringent about this, and this is this is something that that, that seems to be the best way to go. Um, okay, that's what I want to share tonight. Uh, any questions, comments, criticism? Yes, Yuda. We regard uh, <coughs> air conditioning, if you, instead of putting it on automatic, uh, you put it on on, so the system works all the time. So you don't have this problem that it starts. And by the by the way, you put it on on, you are saving also electric. Yes, but Rifka is not going to like it. 
Your wife's going to say it's freezing over here. What'd you do, Yehuda? You know, Rabbi Levin told you to put the air conditioner on the whole Shabbos. I, and then she's not going to come back to the shul and I'm going to get in trouble. So please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining you there. Good enough. All the best. Thanks.